Welcome everybody to this new episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Karen Egan, who is the Senior Vice President of Global Support at VMware. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. It's so great to have you here, Karen. Just to kick it off, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself. So about me, while well, I'm based in Cork, Ireland, which you can probably guess from my accent, and it's where I grew up. Um, I am married. I've got two kids who are now grown up, both boys, and um, and I love uh, to be creative, but my creative outlets are really around cooking for the family. And since COVID has hit and with this pandemic, it's given me lots of time to experiment with working from home. On top of that, family is really important to me. So whenever we get a chance, we'd spend time together, love to travel the globe together, but that's been curtailed for the last two years. And then the usual, trying to keep fit and music is really a big part of my life. You say you have two grown sons. You don't look old enough to have two grown sons. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. But I also do have to admit that my oldest son, um, I did have him quite young. So um, I was just almost 21. So we almost grew up together. <laughs> ah, I see. But it also has the upside that um, now during the pandemic, when a lot of women struggled working from home with little kids, that you had your sons already grown up, right? Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, on one side, childcare was not an issue. But on the other side of that, we had four grown up um adults in the house all vying for internet in a small space so it came with its own challenges that's actually a point i mean uh, internet uh, access for everyone is is a big thing when everybody is working remotely i assume your husband is also working yes yeah so yeah that that's that's uh that could be an issue too <laughs> So, um, so you have been working for VMware quite a while in Cork and you grew up in Cork. Tell me a little bit about your educational background. Did that also happen in, in Cork? Yeah, so I actually grew up in a very small town, less than 10,000 people, about, um, about 50, 60 miles from Cork. And in school, I was always interested in, in maths. It came easy to me. And um, so really enjoyed science and, and maths when I was in school. But um, my mum is a nurse, uh, retired now. So during my summers in from 16 to 18, I used to work in the hospital as a nurse's aide. And I also loved working with people and helping people. So when I finished school, I applied to college, but also decided I needed to see the world. So at 17, I packed my bags and went off to London, found a, a job for the summer working just outside London in a hospital for people with mental illness and disability, which I absolutely loved. So then came the crux. I got accepted into college. Um, to do a, a, a degree in maths and computers. And I also really wanted to continue um, exploring uh, nursing. So I decided to come back and go to college. 
just so I could experience college, see what it was like, uh, and did I enjoy the continued edu education. So from there, um, I really enjoyed the computers, the maths in college, so went on to do a higher diploma in modeling and numerical computing, which sounds very fancy, but basically was, was all about furthering my education in computer science. And, uh, and then took a job in the UK, um, working for a small software firm who were developing um, financial banking applications. Mm -hmm. So we were developing software for, um, for large banks, but also home banking smartphones um, back in the early 90s. Oh, okay. And my first, my first job there was really interesting. I started as a group of 20 graduates from all over the UK and Ireland. And, um, and we did a six weeks onboarding where uh, we were assessed and based on our skill sets, they asked me to join um, a team that did both um, R&D software development and support. Mm -hmm. So I got a flavor of both. Mm -hmm. from, there, from there, I actually moved into um, software R&D development for about eight years. And, and worked for, came back to Ireland and worked for multinationals, Apple and Motorola. Mm -hmm. wow. and, and at Motorola, I was really enjoying the, the software industry, really enjoying um, coding and developing. But at Motorola, one of my um, software applications was not working well at a customer site and we were struggling to fix the issues i couldn't understand what was going wrong mm -hmm. so i actually went out on site to the customer um, a large telecoms in malaysia uh, and there i was able to see how the customer was actually using the code i'd written and where my misconceptions between what I believe should be done and what was really happening in the real world came to light. And I just loved it. Mm -hmm. So then I came back um, uh, to Motorola, into the office in Motorola and I realized I want to work in support. I really want to be that bridge between helping people and um, actually being technical and driving the solutions for the company and the customers. So I really found my forte where I could take what I talked about in that early part of my um, growing up and helping people and, and having passion for people and technology. So I brought those two together. And since then, I've never looked back. So I started then in VMware in, ooh, nine, uh, in 2007. So just over 14 years with the company now. And, and moved into a management role there in support. At the time, the office in Ireland was about 80 people, and today it's over a thousand people. So you can imagine the growth. But it was really exciting time at VMware. Um, ESX or vSphere flagship product was really taking off in the industry. The company was growing quickly there was the ability to um, take on new roles uh, to actually drive innovation. And it still continues like that today because VMware is in our third act right now. So it, it is, it's really exciting. And I think I always say to people, 
the technology is what excited me to VMware, but it's the people and the culture that keep me here that long, right? Because um, if you just have the technology, but don't have that culture of belonging and that network of people who are all truly working for the one cause, I need that to be passionate about what I do every day. Yeah. I can't even imagine being in a company for such a long stretch of time. I mean, and, and being around to see how, how uh, VMware grew from a one uh, product company to this big SDC um, cloud company, you know, so that's so amazing to have been a part of that. Before we go a little bit more into, into what you like about the culture and the people here, um, I would like to understand how it was initially. You said you had this interest for mathematics already as a, as a girl. Do you remember what interested you in the whole thing? And did you, do you remember if there was, um, you know, math is usually something where people say, oh, this is a boy's thing and, and why are you interested? Do you recall any of uh, anything like that? Or was it just you were interested in math and everybody just took it in stride? So math came easy to me and that's the honest answer. That's why I liked it. Um, <laughs> I just had an aptitude for it. I suppose what I was really lucky about um, um, was that both my parents worked all their life, so I never had any misconstrued uh, uh, ideas about what I could do and what I couldn't do. Um, my dad, in particular, always encouraged go after whatever mm -hmm. you want to do, and of course you can do it. But I was aware and conscious of some of these stereotypes, even in school. Um, for example, if we wanted to do the higher track in physics, in our school, it was an all girls school. You had to walk 10 minutes down the road to the boys' school to attend a physics class. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that was really interesting. Like that really did um, set in my mind. Um, and then I think as well, you'd have you had people um, uh, who would say, but you you enjoy nursing. Why don't you do it? Don't don't go do the technology stuff. Right. But um, my parents were very supportive, which I was very lucky at. Now, computers, we had an old Commodore 64 sitting at home that I used to play with. But that was about as far as I knew before I went to college uh, around the tech and software industry. But when I got there, I did my degree through art. So I was able, I did, I did things, I did sociology in my first year as well, just to hedge my bets, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and because I was going into something completely new and I wasn't sure if, if uh, software was for me. But I loved it and and I kept it up and, and, and kept going. So for me, it was it was more, I, I had an aptitude for it. I grew to love it, um, but but definitely did see stereotypes um, uh, uh, being raised and even in career guidance. Um, are you sure you want to do this or yeah. would nursing not be better, right? <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. 
Yeah. You touched on two really interesting things there. And one is you went to an all-girls school. I found it so find it so interesting because there are so many studies that say that girls that go to, you know, all girls classes have an easier time actually uh, you know, doing science and math and all these things because the, the, there is not there isn't this imbalance between boys and girls that you sometimes experience in mixed classes. So maybe that makes it um, easier because you're not compared to boys, you know. And um, yeah, well, yeah, you never felt that you were competing or being compared to boys. So, so uh, yeah, I haven't thought about it like that before, but definitely probably having that safety net where it wasn't that girls had to do certain subjects and boys did certain subjects would definitely have helped. Yeah, that's the one thing um, I found really interesting. And the other thing is that you said you hedged your bets because you didn't know what was coming. And that's another another interesting point here that when you're not in IT and you don't have someone in your family who's working in IT and you have no clear picture of what it means to, you know, study something around computer science or, or um, technology. And, and that is an important thing to understand, I think, that there is no way to, un to have a picture of what is going on within this technology world if you come from the outside and that's why maybe the reason why it's a bit scary for a lot of people not just for women but especially for women really and that's always, uh, such a good strategy actually you know to, to say okay I am interested I want to try it but just in case I have another thing by the side yeah so I love that. Mm -hmm. and, and what I would add to that is that um Although it seems daunting and scary, um, even since early 90s, now I'm dating myself when I went to college, right? Um, I would say the world has changed so much. We use technology in everything we do every day and, um, and everybody has an aptitude for it. There's so many different um, skills, behaviors um, that we need in the industry creativity is so important. It's not all sitting at your desk and doing maths. While I have an aptitude for that, I also have the passion for the um, people side and the creativity and it's bringing all of that together is so important. So what I would say to people out there and especially women is that it's not all about the maths. Everybody has an aptitude for technology and you should definitely open your horizons. And if you're considering it, definitely have a backup plan. In everything you do in life, it's good to have a backup plan, but I would absolutely encourage you to go forward. That is so true that the world has changed so much because you, you mentioned the Commodore 64 that was the only piece of technology. It was the same for me, actually. My brother had a Commodore 64 and that was it. We had and the other sophisticated piece of technology in our household was a video recorder with which already had a remote control attached with a cable. So that was the state of the technology at the time. So uh, and life is so different now. Everyone has some contact to technology to computers even if it's just a smartphone or something so the world has changed and it and the changing of the world means that this technology has become so as such a deep part of our life that everyone has a certain aptitude as you said mm -hmm. and um 
Coming back to, to the uh, job you did at Motorola, where you went to that customer site in Malaysia and, and um, experienced how the customer used the product, that is also such an interesting story because I think what we underestimate when we work in tech is that even though we develop products and we have this idea of what our customers will do with it, they might be doing something completely different. And that's where your, you, your team and, and the people who have communication skills come into play because they have a better time understanding what the customer does. Tell me a little bit more about your transition from, from being a developer in the company and then you know, going into global support. Was it, uh, was it a big step? What, what changed? Yeah, so so in Motorola, when I decided to make that decision, um, I approached the leader of the support organization at that time, and uh, who was also a woman, which was, which was great because she had actually been a friend and a mentor to me as I'd come into the company. So I approached her and I told her the reasons why and um, uh, was very lucky to get a position on her team. And what changed for me also almost immediately was that as I started now not to think about the product from the um, inside out, what I believed the customer wanted, I was really looking at what the customer was doing, understanding the pain points they were having. And as well as, as delivering fixes for those issues, I was also able to take that customer requirements and, and their needs and bring them back into the R&D organization and actually improve the products for the better for our customers. So, so that really excited me. I still had influence on the product uh, and driving its direction for the good of the customers, <clears throat> but got to work with customers directly every day. Mm -hmm. which was really good for me. And the other thing I would honestly say is that while the coding was great fun and I, I really liked um, development, what I found was after I'd done the design and started the coding a couple of weeks in, it was, okay, let's get the coding finished so I can get on to the next design. Whereas mm -hmm. working in support every day is different. You really don't know what issue the customer is going to hit and ring you about. Um, and sometimes it can be quite daunting because you pick up the phone and you don't know what problem <laughs> you're going to be solving, right? Um, but, but the satisfaction, um, because you get to solve the customer's issues, stay with them until they're back up and running and they're happy. Um, so you got that satisfaction much faster while still being able to influence the products. That's what I love about support. Yeah, and I can really understand that. And I think that touches on, on something a lot of people are afraid of, you know, that they might be stuck doing something, you know, sitting at a desk coding for days and days and months and months and, and have no, um, how you say, no contact to, to people outside. And and it's, in, it's important to understand that while these jobs exist, I mean, you always obviously have contact to your colleagues, but uh, there are um, jobs that have less customer contact and there are jobs that have more communication and customer contact that 
So it's important to understand that there is always a place for you, um, no matter what your character is. And you, like me, obviously enjoy having um, different things every day and, and experiencing new people and talking to people. So um, there are jobs like that. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the fact that uh, women are especially, and that's my opinion now that I'm injecting here, especially suited for these kinds of jobs. I will absolutely, and this is a promo uh, for my team, I'm telling you right now, right? So, because technical support, women can often be very daunted, daunted about coming into such roles, believe that they're too technical. It is absolutely not the case. And um, what I have seen personally in my organization is that while it's more difficult to re recruit females into these roles, that once they come in come into the roles females actually flourish uh, and and really can um be hugely successful in the business i think we bring a great combination um of skill sets to the table um the when we're working with customers the ability to listen uh, and and to take in what the customer is saying um, to to drive that logical troubleshooting, but also have the empathy with with both the customer and and the R and D teams, so that we can move through tricky situations. Um, really, absolutely helps. I would say that any role customer facing in a tech support organization or in any technical organization that you need to have a combination of that um, communication skills, the empathy, the relationship building, and all of those are key. Of course, an underlying technical understanding of the technology is absolutely important, but that comes with training as well, right? That you can learn that. And everybody has an aptitude to grow and learn. So for me, absolutely, um, there are so many different roles and even something else you touched on, Ronke, even though um, uh, you could be a software developer, it's not, it, it, it's not that you sit by yourself for six or eight weeks. There is a huge opportunity because as you go through design, as you go through um, reviews with your peers, uh, there's lots of opportunity to interact because if we don't work as a single team, you you don't get the best output anyway right and that diversity of females males different backgrounds different ethnicities is so important to bring that diversity of thought to the table and i found in every team that i've worked in if you've got the right balance of diversity and the right inclusive mindset so everybody's ideas are brought to the table the team is more productive and is actually giving better outcomes for the business. Wow, you touched on, on all these things I'm so passionate about, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Making people, especially women, understand that this job is not about secluded working in, in dark spaces. <laughs> that, and, and another topic, I actually wrote an article about that, is how important communication has become in, in the tech industry, that of course, yes, you need this technology, technological basis, but there are other things that are so much more important to develop um, successful technology and sell successfully, because 
none of us is working on their own anymore. So it's all teams, they have to communicate, you have to be capable of understanding what people say, you have to be capable of um, verbalizing what you need, and you have to be empathetic. What is the word empathetic, I think, in English? Yeah. So all these is, uh, are, are like top skills that you have to bring to the table if you want to work in tech. And the other thing, the diversity issue, I think that is something that we totally underestimate how important it is to have diverse team to actually create technology that suits everyone in society. There was an interesting talk yesterday by Professor Howard, the robotics expert. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you had time to join that session. She did it for the women's pod. And she talked about how they developed uh, robots that were supposed to do something in the snow and none of them were from an area where there was snow and it went wrong, you know, because none of them had ever experienced snow and that's just such a little thing. It's not just about the men and women, it's actually about different ages, it's about coming from different areas of the world because everyone brings specific needs to the table. So thank you for touching on all these points. So. Um, let me just um, ask you, what are the things that were difficult for you on your journey? Because um, of course, obviously there's a lot of great stuff, but maybe there was there were some obstacles. I think there's always obstacles in anybody's journey or career, right? I think um, for me, yes, it was a very male dominated um, environment when I started. It's getting much better now, um, which is fantastic, but we still have a long way to go. So. So some of those things I would say is that um, um, your ideas being questioned or being spoken over, even though you've got the same qualifications. Um, and for me personally, not letting that knock my confidence and ensuring that I was bringing the ideas to the table and not holding back. So there were struggles and times when I had to get through that, but I will say I was lucky to always find advocates and mentors um, that I could work with. And I learned very early on in my career that building a network and a strong network of people that you could trust and rely on and they could you, not necessarily just within your own team, but across your organization and outside the organization was extremely important. So those things definitely helped me through those situations. Um, where I did feel like I was get, not being listened to in a team of men, because sometimes you walked into the room and you were the only female, or even in my first job that I talked about where I was doing the software banking and mixture of support and R&D, I was supporting um, some bank, banks in the Middle East uh, and, and the people I was working, were working with out there would always address me as Mr because they didn't want people to know that they were working with females. So some of this stuff and the struggles that I went through there, and then I think on a personal level, and maybe not all females, but I think women can have um, more of this, I need to know everything before I go do a job or before I put myself out there. So on a personal level, um, having that confidence in my ability and not being afraid um, to put up my hand and say, I will give that a go. 
uh, and just stretch myself a little bit further. And I, that's truly, um, I believe, what's made me successful at VMware. As I said, I started as a frontline manager managing a team of 18 people and when Cork office was very small. Within three weeks, um, who, the person who managed the customer escalations was moving back to America. And I said, OK, I'll do that as well. <laughs> so, so it's taking those opportunities, I think, and not being afraid to take a risk and having confidence in your own ability that that really um, helped me through those times. But find mentors. Um, I have a good, strong network. Um, they will always be there to help you um, uh, through it. And, 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 and the larger your network, um, the more you have to rely on as you move through your career journey. Yeah, such good advice, actually. Um, and, and very important to understand for women. You, you touched on all these things that women do already, you know, the sitting down and keeping quiet until they know everything and not... Um, <laughs> volunteering to do a job that maybe they don't have 100% of the skills of. So it's very important to understand that you have to, you know, take that step and have the confidence. Yeah. But I would add to that for people out there, you don't have to change your personality or who you are to do that, right? Because I think another trap I, 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 I could have seen myself falling into sometimes was, uh, okay, I need to be more like my male colleagues but that's not true right you don't need to be it, it, it's more about your own inner self-belief and confidence mm -hmm. and and taking your ideas forward so yeah that's another lesson I learned early in my career I totally agree because if you try to be like the men around you then the whole benefit of diversity is gone you know it's gone and it's harder to do the work if you're not your true self right because you're trying to be somebody else and you're trying to do a, a job and that's just too much exhausting. <laughs> right? exhausting. <laughs> so um maybe just uh, a short uh segue into why you love working for VMware and why you stayed so long because as you said you're here for 14 years and and you said something about the culture you like can you talk yeah. about it? so I suppose for me as as I said earlier technology I I love but people um is really my passion so what really kept me here was um, the culture at VMware, you know, we have our epic two values and I truly believe that people live those, um, which is that we're passionate about what we do, but we do it with integrity and we do what we say we'll do, but also the giving back to our community and putting the customers at the centre of everything we do. And when that comes down to day-to-day -day work, it's more about working as a team, caring about your colleagues, making sure everybody is included, like we've talked about. And I truly believe that, and I've seen it in action, that VMware and the team stand behind those values. And, and I, I would be lying as well if I didn't say that the opportunities that I've had at VMware and how my career has grown is another reason that I've stayed here, right? So um, like within the space of 14 years, I've moved from an individual line manager to an SVP running our global support organization for all of our customers. But I think that comes um, threefold. It is back to that culture of 
having leaders uh, and, and people who will support you, who will allow you to take risk, but have the safety net there to support you. Um, if it doesn't work out that they will help and guide you uh, and having uh, and at the same time, having the team around you that that want you to do well, that want to work with you and and for everybody to be successful. So for me, I think I hit VMware at the right time in my career. Um, it helped me to grow. Uh, and at the same time, I, I landed in a company with an amazing culture that cares for its people, its customers, is passionate and innovative. It's a really fast paced environment, guys, but that's fun, right? So it's passionate and innovative. Uh, and, and really, I've seen the leaders in the company from our CEOs right down really walk the talk. And I think that's what's important. Yeah. And personally, I find it so inspiring to see a woman in such a senior position. And uh, I mean, it just gives us this, this goal and this hope that there's, uh, you know, uh, something to be achieved in this company. And it's very important to have that. Really. And I add one more thing to it. Our headquarters is in Palo Alto um, in, in California. And I never thought, okay, we're going to have the global support organization run from Ireland in Europe. But it really, it really made me realize as well that yes, VMware is a true global company and no matter where you are in the organization, yeah, you can achieve, right? Yeah, yeah. So. so this was amazing getting to know you and your journey. So usually my last question is, do you have any hints or tips or whatever for young women coming into the field? You already gave us so many. Is there anything you want to add besides mentorship and, you know, volunteering to go the next step and, and all these things? Is there anything else? Um, I, I would just wrap it up by saying believe in yourself. Um, find your strengths and play to those strengths. Everybody has development opportunities. Uh, and we can work on those on those and make them better. But if you play to your strengths and if you're passionate about what you do, you absolutely will succeed. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and thank you for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was great. Thank you so much.